Welcome to the Numa Church Podcast. For more information on all things Numa, please contact us on our website, numa.church. Now get ready for another inspirational message. Well, I'm excited about today. And uh, as all of us know, last year who've been at the church uh, for a little while, and last year you'll know that in December we had Vision Sunday and we... uh, became officially Numa Church, and that's really exciting, and uh, we casted vision for the future. Today uh, is almost like a refresher on what we talked about in December, but really this is Vision Sunday for 2020, and all across our locations, (coughs) excuse me, it's really important that you really listen and understand and hear what is on God's heart for Numa Church as we move forward together. Also in Bangkok, Numa Church is having Vision Sunday and Pastor Jesse and Amanda are uh, preaching uh, key elements of my message in Bangkok. I just want to encourage you, if you want to grow in your understanding of uh, vision, particularly prophetic vision, what it means to be able to see your your future clearly, um, obviously read the Bible, that's a really good start, that's very helpful. Uh, Praying is good too but also equipping yourself with resources, with teaching that can explain the scriptures and help you apply it in your life. And I've written a book called Prophetic Vision, an absolute uh, shameless plug. Um, But but this has helped so many people. Our life groups have been through uh, elements of this book. And I would encourage you, if you have not read that, to get your hands on that and equip yourself because God wants you to see your vision or his vision for your life and what it is that he's called you to do. As well as that, you will note on your seats all across our locations is a Numa Church vision booklet. Can you please draw your attention to that right now? You may be sitting on it. That's okay. Uh, just pull it out from underneath you and grab that. Uh, all There are details in there about the DNA of our church. There is also a vision offering card. And it's really important that you understand that in three weeks' time on February 23rd, we are taking up our vision offering all across our locations. And this vision offering card does need as best as possible to be filled out and handed into the offering bucket on that day or over the next few weeks. Why? It's so that we can know as a staff, as a church, as leadership, and get a gauge on where our giving is at. Uh, We want to be upfront and let you know that because we're in a year where we're uh, purchase facilities for Numa East and we are uh, renovating and fitting out and doing all of that as well as the wider vision for the church. We are believing for $2 million this year in our vision offering. Last year we broke records and we saw nearly $1.5 million come in. Well, this year across the next 12 months, we're believing for $2 million for the vision that God has on top of our normal tithes and offerings. We're all a part of that. We all have a part to play And uh, as we begin to expound and unpack the word today, I believe that God will grab our hearts for what it is that he's called us to. I want to invite you to turn with me to Zechariah chapter 4, and I'm going to read from verse uh, 1 to 10. And whilst the vision of our church essentially doesn't change, uh, we're not updating and changing things from year to year, We're continuing to build each year upon the vision that God has originally given to us. 
Zechariah 4 speaks to different nuances of the vision that we need to understand. And it says in Zechariah 4.1, And the angel who talked with me came again and woke me like a man who was awakened out of his sleep. And he said to me, What do you see? I said, I see and behold a lampstand all of gold with a bowl on the top of it and seven lamps on it with seven lips on each of the lamps that are on the top of it. And there are two olive trees by it, one on the right of the bowl and the other on its left. And I said to the angel who talked with me, what are these, my Lord? Then the angel who talked with me answered and said to me, do you not know what these are? I said, no, my Lord. Then he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain, and he shall bring forward the top stone amid shouts of grace, grace to it. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house. His hand shall also complete it. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you, for whoever has despised the day of small things shall rejoice and shall see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. Now, when I was uh, a kid in Sunday school, I was sitting across a table uh, at the back room of a church. My parents were pastoring in Kalgoorlie, Western Australia, the wild, wild west. And uh, we lived there for three years. I'm Melbourne born and bred, but they were pastoring there for a short period of time. And I was sitting in Sunday school. There's about a dozen kids in the room. And for some reason, unprovoked, this kid didn't like me. And he picked up a HB pencil and he threw it across the room at me. And uh, like a flaming javelin out of the bowels of hell, this HB pencil just flew across the table and actually lodged in the corner of my left eye. True story. And I was that shocked and and just instinctively reacted that I great, and I knew it was HB because I could read HB on the side of the pencil. And so um, I grabbed that pencil and I yanked it out of my eye and within a few seconds, my eyesight turned yellow and my parents rushed me to the hospital and they tested my eyes to see if I was to be colorblind and fortunately and thankfully, I wasn't, but I noticed in my adult years that there was a decreasing lack of clarity and definition in my left eye. And so I went to an optometrist and I got my eyes tested and they recommended that although my eyesight was near perfect, that when I'm reading or late at night, when I'm driving, etc., that it would be good to have prescription lens. Now, I don't like to wear my prescription lens, but because this is Vision Sunday and it's 2020 and we're all about 2020 vision, I just, I just thought I'd wear my prescription lens. I, I just feel more intelligent and wise as I put those on. Well, you know, when I put on my prescription lens and see where in the past I maybe struggled with lack of clarity and lack of definition, all of a sudden I can see you. And all of a sudden there are things I can see really well without them, but there are things that, notice I'm trying to encourage myself in the Lord, I'm believing for healing in Jesus' name. And so I can see things with greater detail and definition that I couldn't see before. 
and my unfortunate experience serves as a powerful metaphor for spiritual vision. You see, just like that rebellious evil kid at Sunday school, our adversary intentionally attacks our spiritual vision to limit our advancement in the kingdom of God. God has called us as a church, our mission is to advance God's kingdom across the nations. That begins here in Melbourne, across Australia and all over the world, including in Thailand, Bangkok and beyond. But we need to understand if the enemy can blind our vision, he can limit and impede our progress and the things that God has called us to. Because whilst our vision is our reason for existence, our vision is that picture of the future of what we're going to look like as we're fulfilling our mission as a church. Not only that, it's important to understand that prayer is like a prescription lens that clarifies your spiritual vision. When we can't see in definition, when we can't see in detail in our spirits the things that God has for us, prayer becomes that filter, that lens that purifies our hearts, that actually awakens our spirit to a supernatural realm and helps us to perceive what it is that God has in fact called us to do. It was in Zechariah's generation, in the book of Zechariah, that Israel was facing intense opposition to the rebuilding of the temple. And what was taking place is that the temple was, in its desolation, was was such an epicenter. It represented that place of faith and worship for God's people. And only the foundation of the temple had actually been rebuilt. The temple was unfinished. Persian politics and all of Israel's oppressors surrounding them had actually sidelined Jerusalem from a place of global significance. It actually caused God's people to conclude that this was a day of small things. And so because it's a day of small things, we can't expect much and we can just hope for our best life now, whatever that may be. And so the temple is going to be what it is. And we're just going to have to survive, not thrive in the purpose of God for our nation. And what God does is he sends Zechariah the prophet to come and remind God's people of God's intention to restore Israel to a place of global significance, to come and rebuild the broken down walls of the temple and to actually establish God's intentions and promises for Israel as they once were declared. And whenever in human history there is a spiritual void in the church and in the earth, God always raises up the prophets and men and women of God to come and prophesy it's time to dream again it's time to build again it's time to be a part of seeing God restore his promises to his people and there are several things in this passage of scripture that by note not by great explanation but but just by highlight that we need to look at today firstly seeing God's vision clearly requires an awakening of our spirit fully There must be an awakening in our spirits. The Bible says in verse 1 that the angel of the Lord came to Zechariah the prophet. Keep in mind, this is his grace. This is his calling. And yet the, the angel comes to him and the Bible says that he woke him like a man who is awakened out of his sleep. 
If you and I are spiritually apathetic, spiritually lethargic, it's going to be an obstacle and a limitation to our spiritual vision. But as our spirits are awakened in our intimacy with God, all of a sudden we begin to see as God sees, our spiritual senses are awakened. Not only that, but when God gives you a vision, he's declaring to you his word for your future. The Bible says that in verse 2, the angel said, what do you see? What's the vision that is being presented before you? In other words, God will show you things, but God wants you to understand what you're seeing. God wants you to wrap your mind around what it is that he has called you to. And in verse 6, he says, that thing that you just saw, that vision, this is the word of the Lord. When God gives you a vision, when the Holy Spirit manifests in your life through visions and dreams, it's not just a pretty picture to admire and say, isn't that lovely and colourful? It's actually a vision that reflects his intention, his thought, his heart for you to pursue. It is his word in your life. Now, no vision or dream will ever contradict the Logos word of Scripture, but it's so important that we understand that God still speaks in visions and dreams today. Not only that, but what we can't do in our own strength, God can do by His Spirit. And so one of the great passages of Scripture that is often quoted from preachers and platforms and churches and believers all over the earth is not only uh, popular, it's also true. And that word is, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my Spirit, says the Lord of hosts. In other words, what you can't do in your strength, God can do by His Spirit. He can move and He can speak and He can operate in ways outside of our comprehension or strength. And what God requires of us is a dependence and obedience to His Word for that Word to be established and fulfilled. Not only that, but this passage points us to no obstacle we face is greater than God's grace. No obstacle we face is greater than God's grace. The Bible says, who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain and he shall bring forward the top stone amid shouts of grace, grace to it. In other words, there is nothing in Israel, in heaven or on earth that can stop the will of the Lord, that can stop the vision that God has and that double confirmation of grace, grace, grace is saying that it's set in concrete, it's covenant, it's going to happen that Israel and you and I have the divine unmerited favour of heaven upon our lives, no obstacle we face is greater than God's grace at work in our lives and then finally Don't let the day of small things limit the big things that God wants to do in your life. Don't let the day of small things, don't let the smallness of where you are and what you're facing in your life and the restrictions and limitations of your context and environment limit, dictate or define the big, greater things that God wants to do in your life. The Bible says in verse 10, for whoever has despised the day of small things shall rejoice and shall see the plumb line, which is a measuring tool in a building construction in the hand of Zerubbabel. I don't know about you, but I don't want to let the smallness of the limitations of my personal life or of this church actually define or dictate the greater works, the big things that God wants to bring into our church and into my life. 
And so like Israel, we've got to understand that one of the greatest obstacles to our future is living only by what we've seen in our past. Many people repeat the same year 50 times because they have no vision for anything different, anything new or of what could be because they are bound to what they see in their past. Helen Keller said this, the greatest tragedy in life is to have sight but no vision. Helen Keller was born blind and born deaf and yet she was able to articulate that there is a tragedy when we can see and perceive in the natural, but we can't see and perceive in the supernatural. The Pharisees in the Gospels in Jesus' day knew the law. They could see with natural eyes what the law taught and what took place, but they missed the Messiah and the very person that the law pointed to. And Jesus said he had come to fulfill the law. This tells me that I can see with natural eyes and miss the purposes of God for my life. I can see in the natural what is happening in a church, but actually miss the bigger picture of what God is trying to do in the supernatural. We can't just see what's happening around us. We've got to perceive what God is wanting to do. Isaiah 43, 19, behold, I'm doing a new thing, says the Lord. Do you not perceive it? There has to be a spiritual perception that marks us as believers. You're not just someone with blind faith. You're someone with seeing faith, faith that sees beyond the natural into the supernatural. I'm looking at Numa Church, not based upon what I can just see in the present, as great as that is, but what God can see in the future. And my role is to be a steward and a custodian of what God has entrusted to me and lead us along with the fivefold and all of the team that we have into the future that God has for us as a church. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, we walk by faith sight, not by eyesight. We walk by faith sight, not by eyesight. The Bible says in Revelation 3.20, I counsel you to buy from me salve to anoint your eyes. Put on the prescription lens of the anointing of God's Spirit so that you may seem. And it's so important to serve notice on the past. As great as the past has been, we are not recreating the past. Hello, somebody. We celebrate the past. We honour the past. But I want to give you a heads up. You don't live in the past. You're not, you can't go back there. We're not going back. We are going forward in Jesus' name into everything that God has called us to. As great as all that God has done over the last 95 years, oh, it was a warm-up for what God wants to do in the coming generations. It's simply a foundation on what is to come. So if you've been here a while, don't try and make Numa Church something of what it's been in the past. Let's get God's vision for the now and for the future and let's build into what God has called us to. Why? Because God is no longer in the past because the past is past. He is moving us into the future. Even though we understand theologically God is eternal, He's past, present and future on the time-space continuum. There's a little theology lesson right there. So what is the vision that God wants us to see and pursue as Numa Church? 
If this is God's heart, if this is what God has called us to, what is that? Well, the great news is you're not going to come here Vision Sunday next year and hear a new vision. The good news is you're going to hear the vision that God has laid as a blueprint for us to live by 365 days a year. And although there may be aspects of definition that evolve to that vision within these vision statements that I'm about to declare to you, the reality is that what God has done in the past, present, He also wants to build upon for our future. And what God wants us to see as we move forward into the future is that we would be led through the collective strength of fivefold ministry. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4 that when Christ ascended, his gifts descended. He gave gifts to people, men and women, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers. You need to know we are not a one-dimensional church. Often what church can become is a reflection or a leaning or orientation to the dominant strength of the senior leadership. And so if that person is a pastor, that church becomes very pastoral. If that church is led by a, uh, uh, an evangelist, then it's all about soul winning, but then often some of the other elements. The same too, if that leader is a teacher only, then often those elements. But in this church, we celebrate, we promote, we look to the celebration of all five streams running right throughout the church, the apostolic, the prophetic, the evangelistic, the pastoral and the teaching to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And I'm wanting us now to actually just celebrate and pray together with the executive team of which comprises seven key pillars. There are more people on that team that play different roles on that. But I'm just wanting us now to just acknowledge, would we put our hands together all across our locations as the executive team comes up? I'm going to ask you to stretch out your hands towards them at every location as we just come into agreement in faith that as we begin 2020, that we're going to see the favour, the power and the blessing of God upon this team. Father, we just thank you right now for this executive team. We thank you, O oh God, for all of the fivefold represented here, as well as God's seven pillars of leadership and ministry. God, we come into agreement as a congregation that in 2020, the hand of God will be upon this group. The wisdom of God will be in our minds. The power of God will be in our spirit. Spirits. The Word of God will be in our mouths. We pray, O oh God, that you would anoint us, you would empower us, and you would encourage us for the work that you have called us to. And let your people prosper, let your church prosper because of the wisdom and leadership of this global executive team. We pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. All right, one more time, put your hands together as they head down. Not only that, but God has called us as a church to, uh, to, to, for every believer to make disciples of Jesus. So important you understand that disciple making is not the primary responsibility of just a few people. Jesus never just called you to attend a church. As wonderful, as important as that is for us to gather together, Jesus called you to make disciples. And in order to make a disciple, you've actually got to be one first. In other words, meaning the day that you surrendered your life to Christ, 
and you made a public declaration of your faith, you repented of your sin and believed in the Lord Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins and the reconciliation of your spirit back to God, all of a sudden in that moment, yes, you are a Christ follower, you are a Christian, you, you're a believer in Jesus, but you're also a disciple. You're someone who follows Jesus. Jesus did not say, believe in me and come and attend church. He said, come follow me. And discipleship is following Christ, which means he is Lord, I am not. His spirit and his word is what I listen to to guide my life. And here across Numa Church this year, we are going to be rolling out our disciple-making pathway across every location uh, here at City every Sunday, at the other locations on several key Sundays throughout the month and year. We're going to be rolling out our One Life Disciple-Making Pathway. Look to the screens for a short clip all about One Life. Jesus Christ at Numa Church actually looks like. The Bible says that we are born into the kingdom, but we're added to the church. We want everybody to have a sense of belonging as part of Numa Church. We believe that every believer should be discipling one person. That's the heart of God. Involve Him in your whole day, from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to sleep, and watch how He can do great things in and through you. My prayer is that God would inspire you to come with us on this great adventure as together we advance God's kingdom across the world. So every Sunday here at City Location and on uh, key Sundays across all our locations, we will be hosting a One Life orientation for all new people to attend. It's one hour following consistency of one, and uh, there will be videos, interaction, food, there'll be uh, a Q&A time, there'll be everything that needs to be for every new person uh, joining our church, being a part of our church to understand what it means to be a disciple of Jesus at Numa Church. Does that sound good? Not only that, but God's vision for our future is to plant Numa Church in every state capital city across Australia. And in December of last year, we announced that the next city that we are planting a Numa church in is the great city of Perth. And we are really excited about that. Let's look to the screens for a short video on Numa Perth. In 2018, on a flight from Melbourne to Perth, God spoke to me about planting a church in every state, capital, city and territory across Australia. And over the last 12 months, we've been praying into which is the next city that God would have us to plant a Numa church in. And we are so excited to announce as we move forward into 2020, that the next city that we are gonna plant a Numa church in is the beautiful city of Perth. Perth is an amazing city, home to over 2.6 million people with influence all across the globe. 
Over the next 12 months, we'll be making preparations to start interest services late 2020 in Perth with an official launch of NUMA Perth in early 2021. While Western Australia makes up a third of our country, Perth is still one of the most isolated cities in the world. We believe God is calling us to partner with what He's already doing here through His churches to bring God's power, His love and the gospel and also to embrace this beautiful city as our covenant family. We are excited for Numa Church to advance God's kingdom across Perth, Australia and the nations. Come on, let's put our hands together. We are so excited about this and we're also wanting to announce today who the church planters of Numa Perth will be. I'm wondering if you can stand to your feet and all across our locations, can we please put our hands together and cheer for Jason and Olivia Staggers as the Numa Perth church planters. And they're coming up with their family. And as you can see, they have a church plan already to go. Come on, let's put our hands together. Why don't you take a seat? Uh, we're so excited about being able to announce this and uh, we have prayed and processed with Jason and Olivia and deliberated as an executive about this decision and uh, it is our uh, great a delight to be able to announce that Jason and Olivia, who and their family have been worshipping and serving at Numa East, uh, will now be set apart for God over the next 12 months to be prepared to plant in the great city of Perth. And so, Jason, is there anything that you want to just share in your heart? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Pastor Corey. What a miracle this is. We, if you could have seen us when we arrived, we showed up two and a half years ago at Numa East. Come on, Numa East. Um, we'd been looking for a church for 18 months, had been wandering around, in many ways had given up on the call of God, wondering, is there even ministry left in our future? That had, that's what had brought us here to uh, Melbourne in 2003 to help with a church that was planted. But uh, something so powerful happens when you connect in spiritual family and covenant family, and we're just so thankful to have really have this sense of finding our destiny here again. So thankful for Pastor Luke and Ra, who've really made room to, to equip and empower our family um, it's just so powerful. We are so excited. We've never been more clear about anything than God's calling upon our lives to plant this church in Perth. We believe God is going to move so powerfully in that city. There is no more effective, strategic, significant form of evangelism re reaching the world than through church planting. More people come to Christ through churches that are planted than through any other means. And we believe in Perth there are people who God has been moving in their lives, people that God is going to gather together, but even more importantly, people who are far from God who are going to hear the gospel and be born again, disciples that are going to be made. I believe God is going to use us in Perth to raise up many leaders. I believe even plant other churches throughout WA and throughout the world. Why? Because that is the spirit that is upon this house. We are going to be an extension of the vision and the values of NUMA. We believe that anything is possible for those who believe. So we're just thankful to have found family, you know, covenant family. So thankful for just the vision that's exploded in our, in our hearts just through your ministry, Pastor Corey. We're, we're just excited, mate. Thankful. Amazing. So... 
So on Wednesday, February 19th, we're actually going to be hosting an information session for Numa Perth here at the city location. If you're interested in finding out more, I believe that God is not only going to send Jason and Olivia and their wonderful family, but there are other people that are going to hear the call and be a part of this already in Perth. People are hearing that call and wanting to be on board. This isn't their commissioning, but I think it's important we just pray for them. I'm going to ask Simone to come and just pray for this uh, wonderful family as they embark on the preparation this year. Why don't you pray with me? Thank you, Father God, for this beautiful family. We thank you, Father, that you know the plans that you have for each and every one of them, plans to prosper them and not to harm them, to give them a hope and a future. And Lord God, we are aware that you know what's ahead. You know, Lord God, what is in store, that you have good plans, Lord, for Numa Perth. And so I just pray that as each of them prepare in this, uh, this coming year, Lord God, that you would speak to them prophetically and profoundly. Lord God, you would give them fresh vision and you would anoint them, Father God, afresh for what you have for them in this season. Lord God, we believe that you have prepared them for such a time as this. Lord God, we do trust that you go with them and you go before them. And so, Father God, we just are so confident in what you are going to do in and through this family as they step out in faith, Lord God. May the peace of God that passes all understanding guard their hearts and minds. And may, Lord God, your presence be so close to them. I pray that their intimacy with you would go deeper this year as they seek your heart, as they seek your faith for what you have in store for them. So we commit this family into your hands. We love them, God, and we just thank you that you are with them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Why don't you put your hands together again as they grab a seat. Thank you so much. Not only that, but we really, uh, God's given us a vision to strengthen every new church to grow in their own facilities. And as you've already heard, uh, last year, but again, we want to affirm again that uh, God gave us great favour and a great team of people to help us to, in fact, purchase a facility for Numa East. And so that is taking place this year. Uh, all the lights are green and we are moving forward on that. But obviously, because we've stepped out in faith and we have uh, got a loan uh, in the process of getting uh, securing a loan for the full uh, fit out and, and everything that's involved with that facility, we also need to now respond with generosity and with sacrificial giving. And particularly for Numa East, I want to say now is the time to rise up and build and give and serve and pray and do everything that is required to enable this vision to become a reality. We so believe in Pastor Luke Ra and the team and the church there. You're in our hearts. We are praying for you daily. And we are believing that this year, that not only will everything be taken care of in terms of the, the fitting out and the practical things, but that God, by His Spirit, would grow Numa East in a powerful way through this preparation phase as towards the end of the year, we are believing by faith that you are going to move into your new facility. Can we put our hands together and just thank God for all that he's doing at Numa Church, Melbourne East. Not only that, but in Bangkok, 
today and right now, they are uh, undergoing a process of preparing and renovating a facility of, of a lease arrangement to move into in February. I would ask that you would be praying for them. They have already uh, been uh, raising money and giving generously and there's been an overwhelming generous response from Numa Bangkok and we praise God for that and we're believing that that church is going to go from strength to strength. Not only that, but God's called us to disciple the nations through global mission. And again this year, this has been a part of our heritage and history. Mission isn't just what we do, it's actually who we are. It's in the DNA, the, 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 the being, the, the fibre of who we are as a church. And this year we're going to continue to send people out all across our locations to different nations around the world as part of Disciple the Nation's mission trips. And we're so excited that in August, August 29 and 30, we're going to be hosting our Disciple the Nation Summit again with Pastor Joel Home from the United States. And it's going to be an amazing time where we gather together and across the locations from week to week, month to month, you're going to be hearing more about what we are doing as a church in different parts of of the world. Not only that, but we're excited to announce that in 2020, Numa College is launching. And so God's given us a vision to build Numa College to equip and empower leaders for ministry. And where God gives a vision, He always gives the provision and He always gives the people that are necessary to lead that. And Dr. Mike and Sue Gretschko are such a gift to us as a church. It's such a strong teaching, uh, anointing upon their lives, but also great experience in Bible colleges and in ministry colleges for many, many years, as well as in the local church. And we're so excited to let everybody know that, yes, whilst we already have a number of full-time students, that full-time courses are now open. You can sign up for that today and even in the coming couple of weeks. As well as that, there is part-time courses available for people who want to study part-time and can't do full-time. And starting on February 15th, there is a standalone subject, Identity in Christ, that you you can be a part of and participate in for three Saturdays, three weekends in a row, which you can get a taste for what Numa College is about, but also grow in your understanding of what it means to have your identity in Christ. I want to encourage you to head out into the foyer and connect with Dr. Mike and Sue and all of our team there in regards to Numa College. As well as that, God has called us to be an epicenter of revival that this church was birthed in revival and because it was uh, we prioritize prayer revival complements and partners with and comes alongside prayer. You can't have a move of God without a spirit of prayer amongst the people. And I unashamedly, unapologetically call you this year to prioritize prayer in your personal life and corporate prayer in the life of the church to be a greater focus and priority for you this year. Every Sunday we meet together at Prayer Power, 3.30pm in the afternoon for one hour of Prayer Power. And we gather together, we seek God. It's, it, there's no particular run sheet other than follow the wind of the Spirit. And uh, we pray, we seek God. Listen, do yourself a favour, and I mean that. Be a part of corporate prayer in your life groups, at the prayer power. Meet together with fellow believers and let's pray like we've never prayed before. I just so believe in this. It's one of our values. Prayer fuels power. And as well as that, we will be hosting again Closer Conference in June of this year. 21 days of prayer and fasting leading into it. We have Dr. Michael Maiden and we have 
Pastor Tark Barna from Church Unlimited in New Zealand coming to minister. It's going to be a great time. We were going to show a clip, but I'm just conscious of time. I just want to encourage you to sign up and to be a part of our Closer Conference, which will be held at our city location here uh, in Richmond for Closer Conference. As well as that, we have Revival Nights coming up in March. We have Pastor Tim Hall coming back. We have Pastor Mike Connell, Pastor Rick Shelton. All the heavyweights are coming in and uh, we're going to have a great time together seeing God move in power and signs and wonders. Be a part of it here at City Location. It's going to be an amazing time. As well as that, God's called us to raise up the next generation in the power of the Holy Spirit. And this is so important that we begin to disciple, mobilise and equip the coming generations to carry the vision and the faith that God has placed in previous generations and in the the heart of the church into the next generation. And so our generation service on a Sunday night at 5pm, as well as our fire conference in October, we are hosting it again here at City. We have Ben Fitzgerald who leads Awakening Australia, a great evangelist coming to minister, as well as Pastor James Ayton who leads Favour Church in Manila, Philippines. We're coming together to see God start a fire in the hearts of the next generation generation. As well as that, God has called us over the coming years to establish four church hubs. We call them apostolic hubs in four cities across the globe. These four cities are obviously beginning here in Melbourne. It leads to Bangkok for Asia and then Paris for Europe and San Francisco for America. And already as we've been talking about this, God has been awakening people's hearts around the possibilities of what God might actually call people to. We believe that God has called us to plant Numa churches all over the earth. In order to do that, we need to strengthen key church hubs in four key cities around the world that God has given us revelation for. There are other cities that we will plant in, but four key hubs, and they are Melbourne, Bangkok, Paris, and San Francisco. It is not uh, beyond, you know, probability that over the next five to ten years we will be sending people out to plant a Numa church in Paris and in San Francisco in the years to come. Not to simply have a croissant or walk across the Golden Gate Bridge, but to actually reach unprecedented amounts of unsaved, secularised people that desperately need to hear of the truth and the love of Jesus Christ. San Francisco, whilst boasting of some of the most, uh, you know, incredible breakthroughs in technology and affluence, also is incredibly impoverished with homelessness, sexual brokenness. Also in Paris, there are very few churches that are actually having citywide and national, national influence, and yet God is calling the church to awaken those cities with the power of the Holy Spirit and the truth of the gospel, and we believe we've got a part to play in that. And then finally, God has called us to transform the culture that you and I live in. Here's the deal. If we travel around the world, we plan all these amazing churches, but we don't love the street, the neighborhood and the city where we live and transform it with the love of Jesus and the power of the Spirit, we've missed the point. You say, wow, this is an overwhelming big vision. where, Where do I fit within that? Just begin where you live. 
Begin where you are. Begin with your workplace. Begin with your neighbourhood. Begin with your family. Begin to see and capture a heart and a vision for where you live and what God has called you to because God has not just called us to be a crowd of people. He's called us to be a church that is salt and light to a city and a world that desperately needs to know of the reality of Jesus Christ. We are not in a new season. We are in a new era. And God has called us to lay down our one life for this vision. What are you to do from here? I would encourage you not only to follow the exhortation that I just gave you, but I would encourage you to give generously to this one vision. The vision offering on the 23rd of February, we do this every year. This is not a new thing. This is not a surprising thing. My wife and I are committing ourselves to give over and above this year to believing that God will meet the vision. There are people in here who can do amazing things all across our locations with this vision offering. There are others who can just simply give what you have. Whatever it is, we're asking you to give generously, prayerfully and sacrificially to this one vision. Not only that, but we ask you to prioritise one devotion in your relationship with Jesus every single day. We ask you to commit every day to a devotional time, to pray, to seek God's face, to read his word, to actually grow because the truth is apart from Christ, we can do nothing. It's only as we abide in Christ in our devotional lives each day that we can actually produce fruit. I'd ask you to actually answer the call to serve in one ministry in the life of the church and in God's kingdom. Your ministry can look different to mine, but you're all called and we're all called to a ministry. God's given you gifts and abilities and those gifts and callings are without repentance. I would ask you to begin to engage in your one ministry. And then finally this year, I'd ask you to pray for and to disciple one person into the kingdom of God. Who is that one person in your world, in your workplace? I brought my one person into our Christmas services last year and uh, saw them, their hearts open up to the presence of God. I'm going to take my prescription lens off now. Saw their hearts open to God. Their children were asking questions. In fact, one of their children put up their hand and made a decision in the altar call, not sort of fully understanding all that was involved, was asking all these questions on the way home. What, what does this mean and what does that mean? And I had a conversation after that Sunday. Hey, Corey, I may need you to come in and answer some questions I don't know the answers to. Guess what? That, that one person is starting to open up their heart to the reality of who Jesus is. Who is your one person? Who's your one person that God has called you to? Because as we give to one vision, vision is, is another one that you can give to. Vision. As you prioritise one devotion, as we engage in one ministry and disciple one person, this vision will become a living and breathing reality. I'm going to ask for you to respond to this by simply opening up your heart and maybe symbolically just lifting your hands together as a church. Whichever location you're at, we're standing together in faith, in unity, in agreement. And we're coming to you, God, and right now we are asking, oh God, for your blessing upon that which you have declared over us. God, you've given us a big vision. It's going to take more than one year, more than five years, more than 10 years to fulfill it. 
Lord, you've given us a vision that is probably going to take decades. And yet, Lord, we know that you're in it. We know that it is fitting for this house. You've called us not only to be a church here in Melbourne, not only in Bangkok, but in Europe and in America. And Father, we pray for all of our global mission partners, all of the works and ministries that are all over the earth, in Africa, in Asia, and in Europe. We ask God that you would breathe upon the work of our hands, that Lord, unless you build the house, we labour in vain. God, I certainly can't do this in my own strength. None of us can, but what we can't do, you can do by your Holy Spirit. And I declare over Numa Church, here at City, at West, at East, and at South, and in Bangkok, and all over the earth, wherever you call us, it is not by might, it is nor by power, but it is by your Spirit says the Lord of hosts. Lord, we commit every person across our church, in the room, outside of the room today to you. We ask for your favour, your strength, your anointing and your presence to go with us. For if you do not go up with us from here, don't let us move from this place. We love you, we honour you and we thank you for entrusting to us such a great vision. Lord, at the end of the day, it's not about us, it's about your kingdom. It's about your name that we were seeing earlier about. And in all these things, we say to God be the glory. Great things he has done and great things he will do even in the coming days. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Thank you for joining us for this message today. We don't assume that every person listening has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so today, we invite you to begin following Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. The Bible teaches that every one of us has been created for a relationship with God. Sin has separated us from that relationship, but God loved us so much that He gave us His one and only Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus lived, died, and rose again, conquering sin, Satan, and death itself. If we believe in our hearts that God has raised Jesus from the dead, and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. So if you are ready to pray in faith, turning away from your sin and believing in Jesus for your salvation, please pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God and I ask you to forgive me and cleanse my heart from all of my sin. I receive by faith the free gift of eternal life and I ask that you would fill me with the Holy Spirit. I thank you that I am born again as a child of God and that you have made me a new creation in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you have prayed that prayer for the first time, we would love to know and help connect you to a local church in your area. You can contact us on our website, numa.church. Thank you for listening.